Thompson, and it is my privilege to be able to host you in this digital space. Whatever platform you are listening to us on, uh, we do want to say thank you for your time and to say that we appreciate you. We just want to bring you some conversations around leadership, around navigating life, to provide some encouragement that might challenge a few people, but we ultimately want to provide you some hope and maybe even have you consider your faith. I trust and hope that you will enjoy your time with us here today. Today's conversation is a little bit different and a little bit special. Throwback to over 18 months ago when New Zealand was thrust into lockdown for the first time, we decided to birth a show called Render Radio and we had so many great conversations with significant leaders in different spaces uh, from both New Zealand and around the world. And we're going to share some of those learnings and insights over the next few months. This episode, we speak with Grant Harris, senior pastor of Windsor Park Baptist Church, and also uh, at the time he was chaplain to the Breakers. We throw back to this important and insightful conversation. I pray and hope that it gives you some insight into high-level leadership, the consideration of working with people, and what we can really do to make a difference in community. So Grant has been the chaplain for the Breakers, I think the last... 10 years and he can talk a little bit about how some of that's changing for him now the new zealand breakers uh, and he's been with them through their title run season, seasons which is pretty cool um but he's also been the pastor senior pastor of windsor park baptist which is mm. known as one of new zealand's let's call it new zealand's premier uh, churches <laughs> new zealand's finest baptist churches um and but he is overall a great guy he just he loves a bit of banter, mm. loves a bit of fun, loves to talk, loves to, to have a laugh. and uh, But obviously, you can't lead the things that he leads without being a great leader as well. So we're going to mm. welcome in Grant now. We really uh, appreciate you being here with us tonight, Grant. And um, like I said, I've given a, a really quick synopsis of some of the things that you're involved in more so. I wanted to not talk so much about where you've come from and your whanau to give you that platform and opportunity to share a little bit with us about who you are as a person, as an individual. Um, so that'll be our start point tonight. Tell us a little bit yep. about you, your, your whanau, sort of what's yep. led you to where you are today. Yeah, no, thanks thanks so much. And uh, great to those that are joining us on a Friday night, waking up from your couch or wherever you've been doing. Um, level two, maybe you've been out. You know, the, the weirdest thing for level two for me is uh, when level three came in, we just lived down the road from a KFC. And the queue that night on that Tuesday was literally 400 metres long all the way back to Constellation. And it's just almost a thing like that. Even tonight, I was coming back from the supermarket. The queue was still out onto East Coast Road where we are. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of chickens paying a price for this. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, oh, what was I talking about before KFC? I hear my photo, where I came from. Yeah, so great to be here. Um, I, I go back to Palmerston North as my hometown. I grew up in Palmy down there, and kite flying was my speciality because it's always windy in Palmy. Um, so <laughs> that's where I was. I came from. Um, my parents uh, are from Wellington originally, and so my. It, but then I shifted up to Auckland, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. But my, I discovered more of my roots are actually up here, which has been an interesting discovery for me since I've been up here, um, Mount Albert and Port Albert actually is where my earliest ancestors arrived when they came to New Zealand yeah. from England. So I, I found it pretty interesting discovering that since I've been up here. But yeah, born and bred in Palmerston North and uh, went to school down there and started my career straight out of school. 
Um, I'm old enough that it was the very first year where it was sixth form internal assessment, which is uh, year 12 now. And so I didn't quite understand that you had to work for internal assessments. So, <laughs> so halfway through what is year 12 now, and I, I would have killed any of my kids to drop out of school at that time, but um, I did. Okay. <laughs> um, and I went into a bank and I started a career uh, in banking, actually, straight out of school and had uh, 12 years working for Westpac uh, in the Manawa too. But then in the last number of years uh, down in Wellington, in Wellington's head office, where Westpac was at the time. And so I had a really great career. In fact, the career was going well. Um, but there was a bit of a midlife, uh, early midlife sort of crisis for me, which took a few years to work itself out, actually. And there's a mm. story around that, but really felt that God was leading me in another direction. Uh, music was a really big part of my life, always has been, always is. I was a worship leader, a keyboardist, uh, played a range of instruments. And I was actually at the Hillsong Conference in 1996, and it was hopping off a bus. I can remember it. Sometimes you have these moments in life that you just kind of remember. Yeah. And I was hopping off a bus, and just God said, you know, I've got something else for you in life other than this. And mm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I came home and, and told my, my wife about it. And at that time, we just had a couple of little kids. My career was going well, and she wasn't too keen on anything else. So God had to work out his way um, in her life. But it ended up after a few years of us um, yeah, leaving that career, which was promising and was was good, and shifted up here actually to Auckland and went to Kerry Baptist College, which was a surprise to me. I'd never considered that God would call me to be a local church pastor. And there's a story about that. Um, and so, yeah, found ourselves up here at Kerry. And I can remember walking around the first semester going, man, I thought this place was like for spiritual people. Um, but I'm here. But maybe, maybe they aren't. Or, you know, I'm one of them. I don't know. It was a very confusing time. <laughs> but anyway, ended up doing that um, for three years and graduated Kerry and then was called down to uh, what is now North Point Baptist in New Plymouth. And mm. so we shifted down there. We had uh, we had our fourth child while we were at Kerry um, in our middle year. So four children, young children, went down to Taranaki and spent seven wonderful years down there um, pastoring. It was Bell Block, and I changed the name to North Point. Um, did a bunch of stuff down there, and it was amazing. We, we love Taranaki, beautiful place, yeah. and uh, yeah, part of our heart still stays down there. Um, but then God uh, called us again in a significant way um, to come up here to Windsor Park. And, again, it was wasn't what I was looking for, but you know when the when God calls you, you ain't, you ain't say no for so long, and then yep. you've just got to submit to His will, and um, and that's the best place to be. So yeah, it was coming up the twelve years this October since we relocated up here to Auckland, and our kids at the time were early teenagers. Our eldest daughter was fourteen, um, and our youngest son was seven. Um, so we came up here, and, and now our kids uh, work in the backwards. Our family, our eldest daughter is 26. She got married uh, last year, and during lockdown, had our, our first uh, makapuna, first yeah. grandson. Um, uh, so that was a beautiful thing. Um, we had to look at him through a tinted window for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> and we're very proud of, of her. She had to have a home birth because of the restrictions on hospitals and stuff. And so it's yeah. been an amazing experience. Um, so, yeah, he's, he'll be five weeks this, this coming Sunday. Um, so then our second son is uh, 24 and he got married to Jess uh, right before this all went crazy on the 29th of February. Um, yeah. So they got married, they went on their honeymoon, um, they came back straight into self-isolation because they were right at the time when that was coming in. Um, so wow. two weeks of that and then four weeks of lockdown and then another two weeks of level three. So they've basically been in isolation for about eight weeks plus their honeymoon is like 10 weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. What a honeymoon. 
<laughs> so that was great. Um, and then our third daughter, who's uh, 21, she actually, uh, a week after that wedding in February, she shifted to uh, Brisbane. Uh, mm. Her boyfriend uh, is playing rugby over there for, for Souths in Brisbane. He's actually out of uh, West Auckland, out of um, Church Unlimited, Tuckbarnas Church. Oh, um, yeah. He went over at the start of the year uh, for with the contract with Souths, and obviously he's not playing much rugby right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Set to resume next uh, oh, in yeah. June, I think. So yeah, so she shifted to Brisbane, and then our youngest son is uh, twenty, and he's still with us. So he's done lockdown with us. He's an apprentice electrician, um, so oh. he's back at work now. So yeah, that's kind of that's a little bit of my background, my family. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. And thank you for sharing that because we're going to get to obviously. I want to ask some questions about how you navigate some challenging seasons, and yeah. as you've been through this and some of the stuff you carry. But there was something yeah. significant you said there around, um, and which might be helpful for a lot of people. I know because. Yeah pricked my ears up was, was when you said about um, how when God called, you mm. obviously weren't at that place straight away of, yeah, that's really what I want to do. Like, I that's yeah. or that's what I believed I was, I wanted to yeah. have my life work out and, and do and be. What yeah. was that, you know, not so much what was that moment for you, but how did you understand or how did you submit? Because yeah. a lot of people yeah. struggle with that submission part to God in a lot of areas of life. But what yep. was that part for you? What what helped you to say, you know what, God, I'm going to give it over to you, even yeah. though I might, I might not understand or I might not want to. What yeah. was that submission part for you, Grant? Yeah, um, I think I'd start by saying uh, it's not quick sometimes. <laughs> it takes a little bit to work out. Um, mm. First of all, I've always found normally and to this day when God says something about me, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, sounds hard. Um, or, I don't, or I don't know what it's going to be. Um, and then so for me, there's there's always a process of discernment that goes on in, for me in, in all of that processing. And it mm. involves, I guess, a number of things. It involves your own discernment. And I'm a really big fan. I'm a huge fan. In fact, the older I've got, the bigger fan that I am of this, of really understanding who we are, of discovering mm. the way that God has wired us. And I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a real fan of, you know, different psychometric tests that we get to do sometimes in leadership or we do when we're applying for jobs and things like that. Understanding the way that God has wired us has become just so fundamental to who I am as a person um, and that everything kind of flows out of that. And the more that I learn about that, the more that I discover my unique giftings and what makes me tick, you know, what my capacity is, what my heart is for the world or whatever, um, the more I just mm. discern and to strongly believe that. You know, this is where God kind of works us in. We're also different. We've all got different gifts and we're all wired a little bit differently to everybody else. And so the more I understand the way that he's wired me, the more I can just say, yeah, you know, that seems to fit, doesn't it? That seems logical in some ways that that feels like yeah. it's a good thing for me. And it doesn't mean that it's comfortable. Normally the good stuff happens outside our comfort zones, but there's a certain resonance that goes on when, you know, if God called me to be a mechanic, I'd be like, no, nah, bro, my I'm not good at engines, um, and I know that, you know, and, yeah. and I'm not good at a whole bunch of stuff, but I am good at these things, and I just believe that God has a place for us that capitalizes upon our strengths, so I'll go for that. I mean, that's a good thing. The other thing for me that I've always used is, is wise counsel, is the voices of others. I remember when I first um, felt God say to me that, you know, local church ministry is for you. I'd never thought about that before. Um, Normally, when you feel God calling you, you think you're going to be a missionary or something like that. Or back in my day, that was kind of like for super Christians. Um, and I hadn't thought about it. So, so when that came across 
um, and it was literally came in, I'm old enough that I just got the internet and my kids don't even believe there was a time in history without the internet, but we just got it and I, we were living in Wellington. It was dial up, you know, blue, 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 all those noises. Um, and, and for some reason, the homepage of Kerry came up. Maybe I was looking for something and I just felt God say, these are all, these where I want you to go to train to be a local pastor. And you know, for that next month, I spent a lot of time just ringing uh, and speaking to some of my mentors, people that knew me well, my old pastor and Palmy, um, Ian Robertson, I can still remember ringing him and saying, man, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? Um, my yeah. close friends, you know, people that knew me well, um, can you pray about that for me? What do you think? And they all came back with like, oh, yeah, that that's you. You'll, you'll be great at that. <laughs> uh, so my church at the time was uh, Tawa Baptist down in, in Wellington where we were living. Oh. Um, and it's getting wise counsel and saying, this is what I'm sensing. What do you think about that? Can you pray into that for me? So, you know, your own discernment, your own processing, um, yeah. and the voice of others. And then there's just, you know, there's a piece that comes after that. And, yeah. and we kind of say to yourself, all right, I, I hear you. <laughs> and God normally says, well, I've been telling you all along. You've got to do your process. And, and that's a process of, of testing, you know, of yeah. discerning, of listening, of talking, of getting, you know, the endorsement of others. So there's multiple aspects of that. But I am a huge fan of, um, yeah, of knowing who we are. When we know where our, where our identity lies, that we're you know a son or a daughter of Christ, um, that we're created in His image, that He's put unique things into us, you know Psalm yeah. 139, all that kind of stuff. Man, it took me a while to work that out. To be honest, I only mm. discovered that as a as an adult and a bit of an older adult. But boy, is there is there powerful significance in that? Eh? And there's powerful yeah. people that comes in that. So you get that. You know the ways why do you? Um, yep. Yeah, discerning it becomes a little bit easier. No, that's awesome, and 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 sort of off the back of that, if you we, we now obviously hindsight's a, a beautiful thing and a great thing, but having submitted to that call, taking that call up, and started wandering through this process with God, you felt the sense of the call in your life, and we look at some of the significant things that I obviously know about that you've done and you've been doing and and still yet to do, I suppose. But yeah. if we talk about you coming to to Windsor Park and yeah. and being at, at Windsor Park. Uh, Baptist Church and some of the significant things that, because um, you talk about finding your purpose, your identity, and, yeah. and understanding the way you're wired. Uh, what yeah. were some of those things that you've had the real privilege of leading, standing up? Um, some significant things that God has wired Grant Harris to be the senior pastor of this church <laughs> and navigate them through a very uh, interesting and unique season and, and help build something special there. What are some of those things, Grant, that you've been yeah. a part of? Yeah, well, what I find most interesting about myself is I, you know, I come from a fairly conservative background. Uh, you know, my parents will still say that today. Um, you know, my whole family is a fairly conservative, um, almost traditional kind of base, and it's it's solid mm. and it's great. You know, no, no qualms with that. But uh, you know, when I started getting into adulthood and started building my career and started thinking about the world, um, I found that I was quite entrepreneurial. That I used to think a lot about. Um, I, used to, I, I always used to remember sitting in my my office. Um, I had an office in the terrace in Wellington and thinking about the marketplace to which I was involved and as a Christian thinking, man, why isn't why isn't the church involved in the marketplace? Um, why isn't the church here? I mean, I'm here as a Christian and I kind of felt God say, you know, that that's good, but why aren't why isn't the church engaging in all of this? Um, and I used to think about that all the time and that kind of sparked a lot of my thinking and a lot of what I do these days. And so then when I kind of ended up in ministry um, and I was in New Plymouth, and I used to think about this all the time. There was a couple of people in that church, a couple of guys that I got to know, and we used to talk about these things. Um, and we did a bunch of stuff down there, but it wasn't really 
uh, the fulfillment of some of my thinking, but I did a lot of reading and a lot of thinking, a lot of praying about right. it. And when Windsor Park opened up, when they gave me a call, there was only one reason that I felt God say to me, this is where I want you to go. He said to me, you're going to be able to work out all of the stuff that you've thought about that you can't do in Taranaki because of its size. And our church was kind of on the edge of town, all that kind of stuff. He said, you're going to actually be able to put into practice all what I've wired you for. Um, and that was the only reason. It was We didn't have any desire to come to Auckland, you know, Windsor Park in itself. It was, just, it was a church. It wasn't in itself attractive to us any more than what we were involved in. It was that sense of God saying, you're going to be able to use the gifts that I've planted in you and developed and that you've thought about. And true to his word, that's been exactly the case. So, again, it was just that natural process of um, God continuing to grow me and stretch me, seasons of life, um, yeah. being able to think and dream. And I've always prayed this when I think stupid dreams. <laughs> I always pray, God, if this is not of you, uh, change the dream. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be wasting my time thinking about stuff that's sure. not really of you. And there's been certain things and there are still certain things in me that haven't come to fruition yet. Um, right. But I still, I still pray that prayer. And I'm like, you know, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. Um, yeah. So, you know, even even COVID, right? The, the season, which is nuts. You know, I always say, I think I missed the class at Kerry, how to lead a church through a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. Um, <laughs> I, I was playing ping pong that day. <laughs> like, none of us know how to do this right in our lifetime. None of us have had to lead a church through this craziness. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you know what? God's wired me for this. Um, yeah. And it's a huge challenge and I'm relishing it. And I look back at all these things and you've just got to trust that God is working out his plan in your life. Maybe not for today, maybe not for next week, but, you yeah. know, in his time, he'll use you for yeah. those things. And so I can look yeah. back at all these moments now and think, yeah, it, it was it was good. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's right, man. And I mean, that's great advice and it's great insight. And I think about, um, you know, so you come to Windsor Park and, and I mean, you guys are running, obviously, Bit different at the moment, but your cafe running on site, and then you've got yeah. the you know uh, the way you use some of the facilities around that space, and uh, yeah. you've got the childcare centres going, um, mm -hmm. and then you had something interesting like the um, uh, was it the funeral home uh, as an yeah. enterprise, yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, even some of the other social services that you guys had set up. So you become yeah. this pastor entrepreneur. Um, and, and then you go and get involved in something like the New Zealand Breakers. I mean, how yeah. does that happen? So on top of everything else, you, you go and pick up sport. What happens it's there? Just a God thing, I tell you, it was a God thing. I mean, well, it's not, right? Um, that was a weird set of events, actually. We'd literally just shifted here, and we were renting a house um, close by, and it had a little income part to it next to it, and that was separately rented. And somebody was looking at that at one day, and I just got chatting to this um, lady in the driveway. She didn't end up renting it, but I was just chatting to her, and um, and it happened to be Ross Giorgio's wife. Um, and Ross Giorgio was uh, head of sports chaplaincy here for a while. He's now global sports chaplaincy in Germany. And we just got talking about church and faith and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm really loving it. I think I must have dropped a seed because when we shifted up here, I didn't quite recognize it but our kids had all played basketball i coach basketball you know we're doing all that and so when we shifted to the shore it was like oh we're living in breakers territory um so we went along and started going to their games which was cool um and then i had this chat with um ruler in the driveway and then i just get this call from ross a few months later and he's like oh you chatted to my wife in, in a driveway um the breakers are looking for a chaplain you know would you be interested in that and i can remember going home to the kids and saying hey might be the chaplain for the breakers and they're like oh that's cool that's cool they said, what's that? I said, I don't know. It sounds cool. It sounds cool. Um, and so, yeah, again, it was just, for me, it was just that I didn't even know what 
sport chaplaincy was about, but I kind of had an idea of chaplaincy, obviously. Um, and this before sport chaplaincy in New Zealand was even in existence in itself. So it was just a, an opportunity. And I remember I had to go meet the owners of the team, um, Paul and Liz Blackwell, and they were they seemed good with me. And they were like, but you got to go meet the, the head coach, which is Andre Lamanis at the time. And uh, so I had to go down to Breaker's head office and ha have a chat to Andre. And, you know, Andre's a pretty rough kind of Aussie guy. He says, oh, no, you'll be all right, mate. Um, and then so he's like, come down to training. And so I remember the next day going into training and I was just sitting on the on the stands. And at the end, they go into a huddle and he says, come over here, mate. And he's like, this is this is Grant. He's the new chaplain. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's me. I don't know. I don't know what a chaplain does. <laughs> I'll, I'll Google it. Um, so again, just an opportunity, right? And I've always felt that, you know, I have, so I have a heart for the marketplace, but in a bigger sense of that, I have a heart for mission in our world, how the church yeah. connects with the world um, and, and society. And, you know, you know, I worked in, in business, obviously. Um, I love my connections. You know, I, I, love, I love having a wide group of connections. And so for me, that was like, you know, I love sport. I love the basketball. Um, I love that my job enabled me the flexibility to be a chaplain because their base is just around the corner from us. I love that my leadership team were, were all good with that. Um, so it was just like, as a pastor, I'm preaching, you know, we've got to reach out, we've got to connect with people, we've got to build relationships. And I just felt mm -hmm. God say, well, here's, here's your thing. Because um, as a pastor, you can spend all that time, Cliff, you know, that you can spend all your time engrossed in church um, and Christians. And, you know, that's very easy to do. It's the default position. Yep. So I just like, you know what, i got to practice what I preach. Um, so, you know, down there to this day, you know, that, they don't give a toss about any of that stuff that you just mentioned, um, entrepreneur, pastor, leader, whatever, they don't give a toss about any of that. All they want to know is, can I trust this guy? Um, yeah. Can I talk to him? Um, so for me, it's, it's pretty humbling to be a chaplain because I'm literally the bottom of the heap, really. Um, in that regards, you know, I'm not paid by the team. Um, yeah. that's, a, that's our model. I get, I get shirts and stuff. Um, I get some Nikes. Um, but Overall, it's just me. I, I have to be me. And so yeah. chaplaincy is all about the ministry of presence, just being there for people, which is what I hated for probably half of it um, right. because I'd drive down there and I was like, oh, God, give me something to do. You know, can yeah. I fill the water bottles? Can I pick up the towels? Can I do something? And I go to the manager at the time. It was uh, Chris. And I was like, oh, bro, can I help you do something? He's like, no, no, we're under control. And God would just say, ha, ha, ha. See, you just have to be. You just have to be present. Yeah. You just have to. And so that was a big personal learning curve for me. So uh, yeah, I'm a, obviously I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. No, that's great. And um, I suppose on that note, for for anyone that's, you know, because I know there's some big, not just sports fans, but Jesus fans yeah. and yeah. the symmetry between the two. Um, yeah. You know, what would be your one piece of advice if, if, if someone's hearing you say this right now, um, yeah. And something in their spirits leaping like, wow, sport, yeah. God, mission, partnering the two. Um, yeah. What would you say? Get into it. Get into it. Get into it. Give me a note. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's message. Let's chat. Um, look, at the end of the day, uh, and I've said this for a number of years, we've just seen the tide flip slightly in sport chaplaincy. So I love chaplaincy generally. Um, mm. I think over recent years, chaplaincy is like an open door to the world that the church has not yet embraced. Um, so I think in our whānau, the Baptists, you know, we have more military chaplains than any other denomination right now. I know the guys at Devonport and some of them at uh, Whanuapai and the Air Force, and the opportunities they get are amazing. I love military chaplains. I love mm. I love hospital chaplains. Um, I, I did a course once at Middlemore 
um, as uh, called clinical pastoral education. I was a chaplain in the hospital. I hated it, but but I love <laughs> I love hospital chaplains. So I love I love the broad spectrum of chaplains because chaplains get access and yeah. they have the ability to speak faith and life into people that the church just doesn't touch. So mm-hmm. I love chaplaincy generally. Um, I love sport chaplaincy because I love sport and that's where I'm involved with. Um, and specifically, I love basketball chaplaincy because I love basketball. So I kind of yeah. narrow it filter and i'm like so for those of us that love jesus that want to connect with our world you know the reality is the world isn't driving past churches generally and saying oh let's go to church today um Mm. generally um every now and then but on the whole that's not happening so we've got to think to ourselves so how do we be the church in the world and and chaplaincy is like an open door um so sport chaplaincy is interesting because i've been involved since we formed the actual organization here in new zealand Really, only last year it tipped over from we have more demand than we have supply. Um, So right now we have vacancies for chaplains that we Mm. can't find people for. Um, Mm. And that's that's the position we wanted to get to. Um, And everywhere we kind of go, uh, you know, we speak into it. And everywhere that I go, I speak into it. It's a pretty easy sell and people are pretty open to it. That's what I find. You know, you know that cliff that's been your thing. News came out today that, you know, uh, the Tasmanian Huskies, uh, relocating yeah. to Auckland will be the Auckland Huskies. And I'm like, oh, Kevin Braswell has been appointed the head coach. I know Kevin. He was head coach of the Breakers. He was a player. I know Kevin well. I know all the organization. Um, so next week, I'll be onto the phone. You guys need yeah. a chaplain. And and they'll say, of course we do, Grant. Get us one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, there's the challenge. So there's an open door. And, and I just think God's doing something pretty special in that space. So if someone's out there thinking, What's chaplaincy about? Obviously, they can speak to you, Cliff, or me, or whoever. Um, mm. It's like, yeah, there's an open door there. Have the courage just to stand up and start, uh, you know, pushing on that door, wherever you might be based, you know, whatever sport you're in, whether it be league or, you know, uh, mm. or basketball or whatever. Um, we, we're getting a little bit of traction in that space in sports. Um, yeah. And that's what we want, right? That's amazing. So if you've got a heart to serve people, if you don't mind just lingering with intent, if you can just chat about Nothing, you know, like I'm doing right now, just chatting about nothing. If you can just do that, um, you don't mind rocking up to people. God does the rest. And that's been my experience, you know, just be yeah. present and allow allow the spirit to lead you. Yeah, that, Grant, that's all. You, oh, oh, I was going to ask you, your love of basketball help with your, your tenure at the Breakers for, for anyone? Um, there, like, would you look for a sport that you're you're interested in? Oh, I think it makes it interesting. Um, yeah. But to be fair, I'm pretty useless at basketball. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's shoot around. I mean, they just laugh at me when I go and have some shots. Uh, <laughs> it's not pretty. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I like basketball. But equally, the, the bigger thing is you, lo- you love people. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you love people and you don't mind getting beside people, I mean, having an interest in a particular sport is great. But the greater love is people. I feel like I could go into any organization now. Um, now that I have a bit of experience and understand it a bit more, I could go into any kind of sporting code um, and get beside people. So the people come first. The sport is a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome, Grant. And um, yeah, again, if, if someone is interested, you know, message us, get in contact with us. Um, there is lots of opportunity and uh, support around that. Um, what we're going to do in a moment is we, we are going to pull through some questions for Grant. Um, yep. But before we get to that, bro, I, I want to sort of all bring all of this stuff that we've talked about with you in your life together. And I want to sort of land here as we before we bring up some photos of yours. And it's, oh. it's really around this thought or this, this question, with all the things you've got to carry in your life, the busyness of it all, yep. how do you do that and do that 
well? How, how do you manage all of this grind? I mean, we're talking pastoring and leading people. We're talking about being entrepreneurial or being uh, business-minded and, and overseeing these things. That means you're going to have to be on government's boards. Uh, that yeah. means you're going to have a chaplain here, uh, as we've heard about that. And then, then you're a, a father still. That doesn't go away. You're still yeah. a husband, become a grandfather, and then <laughs> still being that child of God, which is having a relationship and ensuring that's well with him. But look, yeah. honestly, how, do, how, how does one do that well, healthily, yeah. And keep going because mm. because now we're in COVID nineteen. You mentioned that, and yeah, it's yeah. challenging. And I think maybe some of your insights, your tips, your help might just help anyone. Well, it doesn't matter what walk of life they're in, whatever they're carrying. I'm yeah. sure that uh, you, you must have some sort yeah. of strategies, disciplines to help. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, having a good sense of humour will, will last. That's good. Got to have a laugh. Um, but I think it goes a little bit back to what I was talking about earlier. You've got to know the way that God's wired you, um, and you've just got to be comfortable with that. So when you know who you are and what you're capable of, um, you've got to then avoid the comparison trap, and that's the biggest killer of it all. Uh, when You know, you say all that stuff about me, and it's nice, and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I just am who I am. Don't put me on a pedestal. Um, and I don't get my identity in any of that. Um, you know, if God took it all away tomorrow, I've got to be fine with that, and I've had to work at that. Um, and sometimes things happen and it kind of hurts. And I'm like, you know what? I, my identity is not found in any of my positions. It's not right. found in any of my achievements. My identity is found in who I am as a, as a son of, of God. Um, and so that's strong. So I, I don't get my sense of significance out of any of that stuff. I enjoy it and I'll, and I'll work hard and all of that kind of stuff, all for that. But I also know the way that God's wired me. And he's wired me with a certain capacity. And he's wired me with a certain ability to be able to manage a lot of stuff um, mm -hmm. and to be able to, you know, not take stuff too seriously. And he's managed me with, um, I guess, a brain um, and a really good wife that tells me sometimes that I'm not behaving well. I'm <laughs> not behaving well. I'm working too hard. Um, <laughs> so I, I talk about it this way. When you know your capacity, um, it's a really good place to be. And I know my capacity and sometimes I can, sometimes I get to it and I just slip over it. Um, and so I've learned to recognize that. I've learned to recognize, all right, I'm, I'm, I've got too much on right now. I need to pull back for some stuff. I need to not worry about some stuff that I'm worrying about. Um, and so I recognize those signs physically within my body. Um, I know when I'm not sleeping very well. Uh, I know um, historically I'm a little bit over it now, but for a lot of my life I've had eczema. And so when that breaks out, it's physically mm. it's been like a sign of my body that kind of says, Okay, you're stressing about something too much here. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm getting close to 50, there are other little, you know, aches and pains. <laughs> so, so again, knowing who I am, but also recognizing that God has given me the ability to be able to juggle um, a bunch of balls and to do those as well as I can. But it's easy for you to say that about me, but it's very easy for me to look at somebody else and go, man, I wish I was like them. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. wish I could wish I could host a show on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday night from 9 to 10. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wish I could be like, whoever, um, mm. and I've had to really watch that because I've fallen into that trap in the past and saying, well, oh, if I just work harder at this, I'll be like that person. I'll never yeah. be like that person. Um, and when I came to Windsor Park, um, it was interesting. The, the the team that were kind of on the, the process was saying, when I asked them a question, I said, you know, my predecessor was a big character, and I said, you know, do you want somebody like him? Um, you know, because – because I said to them, if you want someone to fill his shoes and to do the way things the way he did, I said, it's not yeah. me. 
Um, I knew myself well enough at that time to say I'm very different. I lead differently. I'm a different character, and that's all good. Like if you're looking for someone like that, mm. yeah, I'm not your person. Um, I'm like this. And so I often say that to my kids when they're sort of you know, looking at jobs or careers. It's like just be who you are. Don't compare yeah. yourself to anybody else. Um, and, and God takes care of the rest. And it's, it's a very comforting position to know who you are and what you're capable of and not to worry yeah. about that. Um, we've all got different levels. So yeah. no, that's at okay. the same time, like I say, a bit of a laugh sometimes. And sometimes when I get a bit busy, a bit stressed, I'm like, ah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would I would totally agree with you that having a laugh is so important. Having a sense of humour um, yeah. is not just important. Man, it's just blooming helpful sometimes that uh, you can go away, you know, because you're literally trying to laugh yourself out of your cry, you know. <laughs> I think you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, just trying to trying to get past that. So I appreciate that, man, and I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Uh, that are watching, listening, um, mm. even reflecting back on it over time, I think is going to be really great. So what we're going to do, Bray, can I say one oh, more thing on that? Yeah, yeah, go. Okay. The other thing that I'll say is sometimes you find yourself in a position where you feel totally incapable for it. Um, and I believe that, you know, when God gives you gifts and abilities, sometimes you'll find yourself getting asked to do something or you'll find yourself, you know, leading something or, or whatever, serving somewhere. And you'll say to yourself, man, I am so ill-equipped for this. If they really knew me, they wouldn't ask me to do this. Um, and I often feel like that sometimes, you know, chairing boards or being asked to speak at various things and I often go to I, you know, sit in the car beforehand and go, who am I to be doing this? This is nuts. Um, but I then say to myself, but God, if you've opened that door, you know what? I'm going to do the very best that I can. Um, and I'm just going to chill out and who I am. I'm just going to throw myself into that and I'll let you take care of it. So when God gives you an open door, when he gives you an opportunity, just grasp it. Um, and look, sometimes it, it comes back to bite you a little bit and you can have a laugh about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I say, the magic happens outside our comfort zones. That's that's where yeah. God pushes us. That's where we grow and where we learn. So if you find a door being opened, um, you know, push on it and see what's behind it. I want to give you the final word on tonight. I actually want to ask you, what's one thing in the season, what's one encouragement or something the Holy Spirit's just been speaking to you about that you could just share with us tonight? Um, a simple thought to take away, to encourage people to, uh, yeah. you know, Challenge them to keep going. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that I've, and I, I wrote about this a number of weeks ago, often when thoughts come to me, I'm like, i got to write this down so I don't forget them. Uh, I, I kind of felt God saying to me, you know what, I prepared you for this season, uh, both personally but also us as a community as well. And I just wrote down like two pages of stuff that we've done over the last couple of years or things that have happened to us or even things that we spoke about last year, super powerful. You know, we mm -hmm. we. The end of last year, we sat down with a bunch of churches that we work with and we said, what are we going to preach about in this year? And so I started a block this week on Nehemiah talking about rebuilding the, the wall and how we re rebuild in community. We planned that at the end of last year and we put that date in the diary for this Sunday, having no mm. idea what would happen. I mean, what a date, you know, May the 17th, first week of level two, we're talking about rebuilding our society. And I'm talking about a story in the Bible that was rebuilding a society. Um, yeah. God's gone before us and God goes before us and he prepares us for things. And normally it's in hindsight that we see that. Um, and it's important that we remember that, that when stuff happens to us, it's not, not a surprise to God. You know, he knows what's coming up for us. And mm. if we're willing to embrace that sense of being prepared for what the future holds, then we, we carry a peace in the midst of that. And we have a, you know, we know that he's with us. We know that he's holding us. Um, we don't know what the future holds. And there'll be people, there's pain to come, right? You know, economically, there'll be people that will lose their jobs. I know people that have, are already doing that. There will be pain in those in those um, situations. 
Yeah. But God is still with us with that, and he knows that pain. And so mm -hmm. we've got to carry it. You know, we've got to give it over to him. And, and the passage I'm preaching from this week talks about when Nehemiah realized that the wall had been broken down, they weren't rebuilding it. It said, you know, he, he mourned and he cried and he fasted and he prayed. And he had a real emotion that this sucks. And, and it's okay to be real with that, but he yeah. gave it to God. Um, so in this season, you know what? God's gone before us already. He knows what's ahead of us. And we have to press into him. We have to trust him. We have to allow his spirit to, to hold us and comfort us through whatever pain is going to be there. But there will be another day. And, you know, there's that old saying, it, it's going to be okay in the end. And, and if, it's, if it's not the end, then there's still things are going to happen, right? Um, yeah. So trust that God is with us, that he is still good that he knows our situations and, you know, just hold on to him, be real about our emotions. But you look back in a year and you go, wow, you know what? If we trust him through these times, things will happen and we'll just be able to say he's got us. And that just helps us for the next stage as well. Helps yeah. us for the next thing that's going to come up. So, you know, I was pretty excited looking back at a whole myriad of different things for us. Um, even for me personally, it's like, you know, I, I wrestled with my own sense of call um, mm. last year and then all my, you know, my staff and people around me have said, you know what, Grant, you came through that and God had you here for this season, <laughs> you know, because we're stable, um, you know, you, you know us, we're journeying together. Um, yeah. And so, again, it's kind of like even personally, it's right, you know, God, God went ahead of me. So trust that he's going ahead of you and trust that he has good plans for you. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a great place to be able to reflect backwards, live in the present, um, and then in faith and with courage, look forwards to whatever is ahead. And he's, right. he's good, you know. People said to us, you know, and I, I, I sometimes engage at my own peril, sometimes on media, online and stuff like that. And, you know, people bag the church and they bag God, you know. And I'm like, I don't believe God caused COVID-19. Uh, mm. That doesn't stick with me um, because yeah. my God doesn't go out and hurt people. But the world is broken, so it happened. Um, yeah. and, and God allows it to happen so that we can press into him. Um, and so it's kind of like, you know, the world is tough. Tough things happen. Um, mm. But God is the one thing that does not change, that is totally present with us, that holds us through whatever the future holds. So I guess that's what I want to say to people. There's going to be some pain. We all know that. Um, yeah. and we're bracing for it as a church, and plenty of people are bracing for it in our country. Um, but we've got to be there for one another, and that's the great strength of community. That's the great strength of of faith communities. It's a great strength of the Render Gathering. It's a great strength of Windsor Park. It's a great strength of being part of God's people and connecting in and pushing into that so that we can carry one another. And you know what? We do that as churches. And what I love about tonight is that we're doing it as churches. Yeah. And you know me, I'm a collaborator. We, we, the more we can do together, the better the kingdom's going to be honoured. So hang in there with each other. Hang in there with God and good things will come. Great. Fantastic. Amazing. And I'm going to let that be the last word tonight. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate your wisdom. So Pastor Grant, we honor you tonight. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your sharing, for your insight, for having a laugh with us. Uh, some of it might have been at your expense, but we do, <laughs> nevertheless, um, we appreciate the laughter. But more importantly, we appreciate uh, what God's done in your life because of the effect it's having uh, today and the encouragement that it gives all of us to press into our own identity and like yeah. you said, to trust that God is ahead of all of us and he's got it. Um, yeah. And that's uh, the greatest thing that we can we can say. So in, in saying that, if there's anyone watching tonight that, that is, is wondering about this, this Jesus, this God we're talking about, please reach out. If there's something that's sparked your interest tonight, please reach in. And uh, we would love to be able to, to if not us, uh, navigate you toward um, the right church or the place that God mm -hmm. is really purposing and calling you to as well.
And there you have it, our conversation with Senior Pastor Grant Harris over 12 months ago during lockdown. And what an amazing and still insightful and powerful conversation to have about the times we are in still, uh, but also about the ability and what it requires to be able to move forward in God. As I said at the start of the show, we have so many great conversations in our archive that we're going to uh, release and bring forward to you here. I pray you are well. I pray you reach out and talk to someone. My name is Cliff Thompson. We are the Render Gathering, helping you become. Oh.